Well, y'all, we are in the fourth week of a series that we are calling, help me out. Nice. We're in a fourth week of a series that we are calling The Battleship Church. And so far in this series, we have talked about recognizing the, the war that we're in. How many of you realize now that there is a war that's going on around you? Major. There's a war, not just in Israel, there's a war that's going on around us. And that's the very first week I talked about the difference between having the mindset of a civilian and having the mindset of a soldier and how to transition your mind from seeing things the way that a civilian does to seeing things the way that a soldier does. How do you begin to recognize where the enemy is at work? And how do you begin to recognize when God is at work? How do you team up with God when he's working? And how do you go against the enemy when he's working? And so that was all week number one. Week number two, we talked about the weapons that we have. When you go into the military, when you join boot camp, one of the things that they teach you is how to use the weapons that you are going to fight with. And so we talked about worship. We talked about prayer. We talked about, what was the third one? Help me out. The word of God. We talked about worship, prayer, the word of God. We talked about special ops training and how to use the gifts of the Holy Spirit and how to use your weapons. How many of you have begun to recognize the fight? How many of you are just now beginning to train and understand how to use your weapons? And that's fantastic. Okay. Last week, Pastor Josh Rivera from Fuego Church in Red Oak was with us. How many of you guys were blessed by that? And so he preached a, a message. Can anybody give me the title to that message? Anybody? Will be. Anybody? The title of the message? Be willing. Who said it? Okay. Right here. Cupcakes for you. Give it up for her. Y'all should listen more in church. <laughs> And so he, he talked about be willing. What was he talking about be willing for? Be willing to allow the gospel to transform you. Be willing to, to, to go out and reach souls. Be willing. He, he talked so much about the gospel and how the gospel is transformative. Anybody believe that? Probably my favorite quote, and I'm probably going to mess it up, was he talked about the fact that if the gospel has not impacted you, how can you expect it to impact anyone around you? And so the gospel, how many of you would say the, uh, the gospel has impacted me? How many of you would say that the gospel has impacted me in such a way that I want it to impact everybody else? Amen. So that's what he preached about, the fight that we have for souls. And if I go back to the very beginning of this series, um, I think the, the quote that really shook me up and began to prepare me is the most valuable thing on this planet is a human soul. So much so that heaven and hell war over them daily. And I felt like God said to me, I want you to join that war, Josh. I want you to lead people into that war. I want you to train people for that war. And that's what boot camp has been all about. We have 256 people that are going through boot camp right now. If you're going through boot camp, would you stand up? Clawson family, would you honor those that are going through boot camp right now? Amen. Amen. You guys can sit down. Listen, you guys are becoming soldiers in the army of Jesus, not just believers acknowledging Jesus, soldiers in the army of Jesus. What you're doing is you're learning the war that's going on. You're learning how to fight for those around you. You're learning how to use your weapons. You're learning that the whole point of living is to go out and reach people for Jesus. And today, if you're taking notes, the title to the message that I want to speak to you is defending against the enemy. Defending against the enemy. Does anyone happen to know your memory verse? You know it, mom? What's the memory verse? Do it anyways. What's the memory verse? Therefore go into all the world. Therefore go ye 
Uh, I've got two different translations. Hold on. Therefore, go and make disciples from all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching these new disciples to obey all the commands that I've given you. Be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Amen. Give it up for my mom. Thank you, mom, for memorizing the memory verses and being a good example to everyone that should be memorizing the memory verses. I have a shirt for you, y'all. This is our, one of our new shirts, I Fight Demons. Uh, I love this shirt. If you don't like it, you can trade it in for a different shirt. Uh, and also, we have these, these new shirts right here, and you can grab those shirts at the gift shop. Uh, so the, 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 the memory verse is, go, go into all the world, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that I've given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always until the end of the age. That is the memory verse. Yes, I am. Am memorizing them as I am asking you to memorize them. Uh, you can, sh- you can uh, recite them at the gift shop in the back. Listen, making disciples. A disciple is not the same thing as a believer. Amen? We- we've talked about this. I need you to understand and get this. Everybody runs around like, I'm a believer, I'm a believer. You can acknowledge that Jesus is king and still not go to heaven. Amen? He is saying, create disciples of all nations. The demons acknowledge that Jesus is king and they're not going to heaven. Lots of people acknowledge that Jesus is king, but they choose not to live the life that Jesus has called them to live and they're not gonna go to heaven. Amen? And so when, with, that, with that acknowledgement, it's the practical thing that Jesus has a plan for my life. And as I walk that plan for my life, he begins to train me. He begins to create this disciple out of me Somebody say amen. 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 So defending against the enemy, if you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to turn with me to Ephesians chapter six. Ephesians chapter six. Why don't you stand with me this morning? We're going to read the word of the Lord. I have a pretty good portion of scripture that we're going to read. And here's what it says. A final word. Everybody say final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers, against authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. I would like to read uh, another version of that real quick. It says, we are not fighting against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, and against spiritual hosts in heavenly places. Verse 13, therefore put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes with the The good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these things, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying in the spirit at all times. How many times? And on every occasion, stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all the believers everywhere. Heavenly Father, I come to you this morning and I ask that you would use this word to transform our lives. I ask that you would speak what needs to be spoken to us. I ask that you would transform us today. Give us what we need in the name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. You can be seated. Okay. 
If you're going to defend yourself against the enemy, there's several things that I want you, there's three things that I want to share with you that I believe are important to you. Number one is this. The enemy is looking to attack you at your weakest moment, so be ready. The enemy is looking to attack you at your weakest moment, so be ready. That, the first part of that scripture said, stay alert. Everybody say, turn to your neighbor and tell them, stay alert. Stay alert. You know what happens when you do not stay alert? When you, what happens when you do not stay alert is you do not see the attack coming. When I'm not uh, alert, when I'm not paying attention, that was when the enemy is coming at me. But if I'm alert, I can see him coming. I saw this video this morning. It was crazy. It was two deers that were fighting and there was a bunch of deer and there was a lion that was coming from a really far distance. And in the, in the caption on the video, it says, when church people are fighting, they can't see the enemy coming. I thought it was so good. And then everybody else, but those two deer that were fighting took off running because they saw the enemy coming. And the two that were fighting, one of them died. Stay alert. If you are not alert, the enemy is coming at your weakest moment. I want to show you this in scripture. I've referenced this a couple of times over the last couple of weeks, but uh, where, where, where Satan comes to Jesus and he tempts him. Here's what it says in Matthew chapter four, verses one through three. It says, then Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. During that time, the devil came and said to him, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. Everybody say during that time. During During what time? During the time when Jesus was hangry. Anybody ever been there? He was hangry. I don't know about you, but when I'm hungry, I get angry. And so I like mix this together, hangry. And so Jesus, during the time when Jesus had not had a meal in a long time, during the time when, 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 when I'm not ready for the enemy to come against me, during the time in your fast where you're like, you know, 17 hours from finishing the fast and your best friend walks in bringing you your favorite meal. Uh, get behind me, Satan. During that time is when the enemy is looking to come and attack during the time when Jesus was at his weakest physically, listen to me, and he was hungry, Satan came to be the answer that he thought that he might need. He's hungry, so I'm gonna come with the answer of food. You need comfort, he's gonna come with the answer of comfort. During this time, this week time, Satan comes to be the answer that Jesus might need. Listen, Satan is sitting, he is watching, and he is waiting. First Peter chapter five and verse eight says, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Y'all know what a lion does? Here's what a lion does. It creeps up. It doesn't come out. It creeps up in the grass. I watched videos because I was going to try to show a video, but I couldn't find a good one. And so I watched tons of videos this week of lions attacking. They creep up in the grass and they're looking. They're sitting. They're waiting, prowling around like a lion sitting and waiting. What is he waiting for? What is he watching for? You know what he's watching for? He's, he's, hmm, I see breakfast today. There's a herd of gazelle. Which gazelle do I want to eat? I'm not going to pick the gazelle that is in the middle of the pack because that one is the most protected. I'm looking for the, the gazelle that is the slowest. I'm looking for the gazelle that is the weakest. I'm looking for the gazelle that is maybe kind of old and and, and it's not going to do well whenever I jump out there. And then when the lion jumps out, watch them every time. 
when the lion jumps out and scares the herd, what happens is the one that goes and gets isolated, the one that was a part of that weak time or the small one or whatever, it gets isolated. He takes off after that one. You know what he never takes off after? The one in the middle of the herd. Stay alert. Watch out. Stay with your people. Get ready. Be in the herd because he is coming. And if you get isolated, that lion going to eat you. And the Bible says that he comes around like a lion. You know what? You know what Satan's doing? He's looking. You know what he's looking for? He's looking for people that are not faithful. He's looking for people that are still constantly falling into the same sin that they've been falling into for years. He's looking for people that are beginning to have a negative aspect for church. He's looking for, he's looking for people. And when you're at your weakest moment and he comes in and you take off and get isolated and you're not protected by the herd, he's going to eat you. He's going to devour you. What's he going to do? He's going to devour your faith. He's going to get you into unbelief. He's going to come at the best way that he can come, whatever way that he can come at you. He's going to destroy your faith, tempt you into sin, pull you away from those who are helping you. Be strong. Stay alert and watch out because your enemy is coming at your weakest moment. Write this down in your notes. In your weakest moments is when you need to be the closest to God, relying on his strength and staying with your herd. In your weakest moments, is when you need to be the closest to God. Well, I don't feel like worshiping today. Well, that's probably the day you should be at the front worshiping. Well, I don't feel like going to the front. Okay, get eaten. Well, that makes me uncomfortable. War is uncomfortable. When you're at your weakest moments, you should be closest to God, relying on his strength and staying with your herd. Your church family is the army that God has placed around you. So number one, the enemy is looking to attack you at your weakest moments. Number two, briefly, I want us to walk through the armor. Number two, armor up and never go unprotected. Never go unprotected. So we, we read the armor of God. I just real briefly want to go back with you. Uh, the, the six pieces of the armor, we have the belt of truth. We have the breastplate of righteousness. We have the shoes fitted ready with the gospel of peace. We have the helmet of salvation, the, the shield of faith and the sword. Okay, so those are the six pieces. I would like to try to practically show you how to put on and wear your armor. Anybody okay with that? Instead of just being real spiritual, like try to give you practically what, what that looks like. Uh, my whole life, I've had people tell me, well, armor up, get ready, put your armor on. And I'm like, bro, how, how do I do that? Anybody else been there? And so let's talk about like this. Let's walk through what does it look like to put your belt of truth on? What does it look like to make sure that it stays fastened? What does it look like to put your breastplate of righteousness on and make sure that you're continuing to have that on you and, and cover those areas? So the, I just wanna walk through all six of these. Number one is the belt of truth. Everybody say the belt. So how do I practically wear, put on and wear the belt of truth? Okay, it's real easy. To wear and, and have on the belt of truth is to know the truth and to walk in truth. To know the truth 
and to walk in truth. And I know I say this all the time and it probably sounds so cliche, but if you don't know the truth, you cannot walk in truth. If you're not memorizing your memory verses, if you're not digging into your word, if you're not doing devotions, if you're not spending time with the Lord in truth, you probably don't have the belt on. You got to know the truth. Somebody say amen. Golly, y'all, it's quiet. I need some help. Is that truth? So what do I do, pastor? Open your Bible and get you some truth. But that's not enough just to know the truth. You know, the Bible talks about people that are hearers of the word, but not doers of the word. It actually tells us, don't be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. So if you know the truth and yet you are not walking in truth, you also don't have your belt on. Amen? Can I be really hard with y'all this morning? Yes, I got two yeses. Last night I asked that and nobody said yes. I was like, golly, come on, y'all. Listen, anytime you willingly lie or accidentally lie and you don't fix it right then, you are taking off your belt of truth. Yo, hang on just a second. Hello? Josh Pogue? No, Josh isn't here. Uh-uh. You call somebody else. Anybody ever had a telemarketer call you? Y'all know what I just did? I took my belt off. Oh, preacher, what you talking about? I just lied. Is Josh there? No, he ain't here. Why? Because I don't want to talk to him. You took off your belt of truth. Well, you know why? Because you wasn't walking in truth. Ugh. Ugh. When somebody asks you a question and you don't want to give them, are you at your house? Uh... Now listen to me, listen to me. This is so important. Anytime you willingly lie, well, pastor, it's just a little white lie. It's a telemarketer. He ain't going to know the truth. He does. And also Satan does. He knows you there. He knows if he can get you to stretch the truth, if he can get you to lie about the smallest things, then he can tempt you to lie on some bigger things. And anytime that you are stretching the truth, you are taking your belt of truth off. Stop lying. Amen. I'm going to put that phone on silent. <laughs> if you find yourself lying about stupid little things, I need you to know you're not protected. You need to fix that today at the altar. Shift that, fix that. It's important. Proverbs chapter six says there's, se there's six things that God hates. Seven that he detests. Two of them is a liar. You think that little white lie is not a big deal? It is a big deal. Amen? Okay, number two, the breastplate of righteousness. Let me ask you this. What, if I put a breastplate on, what is it protecting? My chest. Somebody said my heart. What else? Organs, ribs, lungs. Yeah. Hey, a breastplate is protecting lots and lots of vital organs in my body. So I want you to picture with me right now, if a Roman soldier decided they were going to go out into war where arrows and things are going to shoot at them and they're going to wear their shoes, they're going to wear their belt, they're going to wear their helmet. But hey, you know, the breastplate's kind of, I mean, it's kind of heavy. I just don't feel like wearing the breastplate today. So they go out into war without a breastplate on. What do you think is going to happen? Well, here's what's true. They may or may not last long, depending on how lucky they get. But what's true is the enemy has a major advantage 
Because all they got to do is aim for anywhere in this area right here. Biggest place of your body. That's where they teach you to shoot. You getting shot and you getting dead. Amen? So listen to me now. Let's talk about, Paul says to, why does he call it the breastplate of righteousness? Here's why. If we do not protect ourselves, our hearts with righteousness, then we open ourselves up to an attack from the enemy that's gonna lead to sin and death, is what James 5 says. To be righteous means to obey the commands and live in a way that's honorable to God. When I begin to strip myself of righteousness, I begin to go unprotected against the enemy. See, listen to me, we have this sinful nature. Remember we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, the angel and the, 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 the Holy Spirit and the enemy that's always at battle with you. Anybody ever experienced that? Talked about that a couple of weeks ago. And so I have this sinful nature that's always trying to get me out of righteousness. It's always trying to pull me away from what God has for me. And then I have the Holy Spirit that's always trying to lead me into righteousness. And when I follow the voice of the Holy Spirit, when I follow the word of God, whenever I do what God's asking me to do, then I go protected. How do I put on my, my, my breastplate of righteousness? I walk in righteousness. As I do, as God reveals to me the word of God, as the Holy Spirit leads me and guides me in what he has for me, and I follow that, I'm walking in righteousness and I go protected. If I don't do those things, I am not. And what's gonna happen is the Bible says that our heart is the most deceitful of all things. You think something needs to be protected? Your heart needs to be protected and it's protected with righteousness. Somebody say amen. amen. Number three, the shoes of peace. The shoes of peace. You know, years ago, I would have said shoes were one of the least important of all the things in what you wear. Nowadays, with shoes being as huge as what they are, I would say they might be the most important. People literally buy outfits to match shoes. It's ridiculous. Right now, I got, I got my son's shoes on because if I was gonna be cool, I don't really have very many cool shoes. And so I decided to wear one of my son's shoes because I'm, I had to be talking about the shoes, you know? And so, what, but I, I want you to think for just a second, besides looking nice, what do shoes do for you? They protect your feet. Okay, how do they protect your feet? I'll tell you this, I got the most sissy feet in the whole building. That's not a joke. I can't walk on the asphalt out there. I won't do it. I will crawl before I, I, I got sissy feet. I don't know, it's just one of them things. I'm go, I literally wear shoes from the moment that I get out of, sometimes I wear them to bed, but from the moment I get out of bed until the moment I go back in bed, there are shoes on my feet. I like shoes. Why? Because I got sissy feet. My feet need protection and shoes protect them. Listen to me. I want you to stay with me. Okay. What, how do shoes protect them? If I'm on a terrain that is unstable, if I'm, if I'm going through a rocky area of life and I got shoes on, I can usually withstand whatever area that I'm going on. If I go barefooted on a rocky area, I'm going to fall and die and I will not get up. Anybody else? Y'all got good feet. Well, I got sissy feet. I'm sorry. Listen, when I'm walking through life, shoes are what grounds me. Now stay with me. Going through uncertain terrain, I can, I can do it with my shoes. Shoes are what grounds me. And so how does this, it, it, the Bible calls the shoes, the, the, the shoes of the gospel of peace. Everybody say gospel. gospel. 
Pastor Josh, last week, he talked about the gospel, the transformation of the gospel, the peace that comes with the gospel. Listen to me. When you walk according to the gospel, when you understand the gospel, when the gospel has impacted you in a way that it has become real and it has become truth in your life, it doesn't matter what, what, what kind of rocky terrain that you're walking on. It doesn't matter how Satan comes against you. It doesn't matter if he tries to push you down or if you're going up the mountain or if you're in the valley, you can have peace. Because of your shoes, because of the gospel that brings peace. But if you are not, if you're doubting the gospel, you can't have peace. If you're unsure of the gospel, if the gospel has not impacted you, you can't have peace. Amen? So, so important. How do I put them on? Allowing the gospel to impact and transform my life is how I put on the gospel of peace. Then I can walk in peace. It's good. Number, number four, the shield of faith. Everybody say the shield of faith. We hold on to our, shield, our, our faith like a shield. We have to deliberately choose faith in all circumstances. Has anybody walked through some challenging circumstances? <laughs> I would think that's probably all of us. In our challenging circumstances, we, we have a choice. Do I choose fear? Do I choose doubt? Do I choose anxiety? Do I choose worry? Or do I choose faith? And the way that I hold up my shield of faith is by choosing faith every time. How do you think you can choose faith every time? Here's, here's how. By understanding God, by knowing God, and by knowing that God has your back. Amen? Listen, I, 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 what, what does a shield do? First of all, if you go back to the Roman shield, it was huge. It's like a big old shield. This is the one that, that uh, at the time Paul was writing. It pretty much protects your whole body. Arrows are coming. Boom. You can't get me, baby. I got, I got my shield up. Somebody say amen. amen. But then also a shield was used back then as the, as the officer, as the, the, the soldiers moved forward, they could actually make their enemy fall to the ground and run over them with their shield. That's pretty cool. Did you know that you can trample on the enemy? Did you know that through the, the authority of Jesus Christ, you can cast out devils and demons? He's given us his authority. And when we have the shield of faith and we walk in that authority, when the enemy comes at us, we can knock that dude smooth out, trample on him and tell him to get out of here. And then the really cool part is when you start taking and you locking shields together, you lock shields together. What, you, what it's called is a shield wall. Anybody ever seen uh, Gladiator? Gladiator is one of my favorite movies. Love it. And so uh, in Gladiator, if they're in the middle of the arena and the chariot's coming around and, and uh, Maximus, Decimus, Meridius, he's leading them into the battle. And, you know, when they were fighting alone, they were all getting killed. And he, ta he talks them into allowing him to command them and he's commanding them and he tells them to form the shield wall and they form the shield wall and the chariot's coming around and the chariot's killing all of them. And he has them move over in front of the chariot, lock arms and put their shield up. The chariot runs into the shield and it breaks the chariot, and they kill the guy. How does, what does that have anything to do with church? <laughs> it has everything to do with church. You know why? Because when we lock arms together, when we lock shields together, when I put my faith with your faith and your faith and your faith, and we build a shield wall, then anytime Satan is attacking you, he's attacking me. And he ain't going to attack me. I ain't going to let you fall, babe. When we form a shield wall, the enemy can come and we can knock him to the ground and we can destroy him. The shield of faith. So how do we take up the shield of faith? Practically, what, is it, what does that look like? We pray that God will arm us 
in all circumstances. We take that seed of faith that he's given us and we grow it. We grow it. I, I love this. I, I stole this from Reagan the other day. She said, focus on victories and your faith will have no choice but to grow. Anybody had any victories with the Lord? Focus on your victories and your faith will have no choice but to grow. You put that faith up. You hold that shield up. You remember everything that God has done. You, every time the enemy's coming, you don't think about the enemy. You think about everything that he's done back there. And you can pull up that shield of faith and say, no, 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 baby. My God's way bigger than you. My God is way more powerful than you. Somebody give the Lord a clap offering. All right, the next one is the helmet of salvation. Now, what is the helmet protecting? Your noggin, your head, your mind. Anybody, any motorcycle riders in here? Any of you not wear helmets on your bikes? Mm-hmm. I can't cast anything at them because I'm one of those guys too. Uh, but in the spiritual war, I'm wearing a helmet. You know why I'm wearing a helmet in the spiritual war? Because the biggest battles that I face, they're here. The biggest battles that I face are in my mind. And if my mind is not protected, I'm in trouble. Amen. So how do you, how do you put on the helmet of salvation? How do you protect your mind? I want to give you five things to write down real quickly. Number one, renew your mind in the word. I'm just going to go ahead and say every day. Renew your mind in the word every day. You can protect your mind by making sure that you know this thing. Number two, reject doubt that arise from circumstances. See, what Satan tries to do is he tries to knock you off by putting a mountain in front of you. He tries to knock you off by putting a circumstance in front of you that you begin to look at the circumstance and you take your eyes off of God. And so reject doubt when doubt tries to come in and you can have your mind in the place that your mind needs to be. Number three, keep an eternal perspective. Keep an eternal perspective. This whole month is about going from a civilian mindset, a, eat, a, a, a physical mindset, to a soldier mindset, or you could say an eternal mindset. If I have an eternal mindset, my focus is on what God is doing. My focus is on people that are going to hell or people that are going to heaven. My focus is on helping people to transform. My focus is maturing and being the disciple that Jesus called, called me to be. Amen? So I got, I got to focus on and keep an eternal perspective. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Number four, capture your thoughts and stop bad thoughts from getting to your heart. When you have a thought, you can stop it. You don't have to receive it. You can bind it. You can get rid of it. You can rebuke it. You don't have to take it in. Uh, Paul talks about this. Capture your thoughts and teach your thoughts to be obedient to Jesus to Christ, obedient to Christ. And so I encourage you, capture those bad thoughts. Do not allow those thoughts to sink in. Do not continue to think about them. Just stop it right when it comes in. And then number five, remember that victory has already been accomplished. Remember that victory has already been accomplished. Okay, uh, the last one, the sword of the spirit. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. This is how you counter attack when you see an attack coming. So we, we see this in Matthew 4. Jesus gets attacked by Satan. How does he counterattack him? He counterattacks him with the word of God. And so you can counterattack with the word of God. I've already preached almost a whole message 
on this one, so I'm not gonna stay here long, but here's what you need to know if you haven't been here. When Satan comes at you with deception, because that's what he's really good at, when Satan comes at you with lies, when Satan comes at you with just a little bitty twist of the truth, you have to take what is the truth and you have to stick it to him. Amen? You have to tell him what is the truth. When Satan comes at your identity, when Satan tries to get you to worry, when Satan tries to make you anxious, you have to take the truth and you have to slay him with the truth. You can do it. You can win. You can be victorious. So don't say you can't. Keep your armor on. Put your armor on. The last thing that I want to say about your armor, I, I, I heard somebody, I've heard this my whole life. People say, you know, every day when I get up, I put my armor on and, and that scares me that every day you get up and put your armor on because that means you're sleeping without it. Now listen to me. Once you put your armor on, it's got to stay on. If you're in war and you're in the ditch and there's, there's, there's tanks coming by and you got to get some sleep, you don't take off all of your armor to go to sleep. You keep your armor on, you keep your pistol, your, your gun ready, and you're ready. And if you wake up and they're on top of you, bah, 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 bah. amen. And I hear people say all the time, well, I put my armor, I put my armor on every day when I get up. Listen to me. You, you don't ever take it off. You don't ever take it off. You need your head protected, your mind protected while you're sleeping. You need your heart protected while you're sleeping. So what do you mean, pastor? I mean, once you put it on, it's on for the rest of your life. You're in war for the rest of your life. But here's what you can do. You can check to make sure that the armor is how it should be. Okay, I put on my helmet. Sometimes when you've been wearing the helmet a long time, the strap gets loose. You know what happens when the strap gets loose is it starts shifting. And then there could be an attack hit you from the enemy as your, as your helmet is shifting. Amen? Remember, he's always looking for a place to come in. If your helmet is shifted and he can come into your mind, he's going to. If your breastplate is moving around and he can stick a sword right through the, 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 the place that's shifted around. So here's what you do. Before you go to bed, you make sure that your armor is tight. You cover your heart. You cover your mind. You cover your, the gospel of peace, the faith. I'm standing on my faith. I know where I'm at every single time I go to bed. When I get up in the morning, I'm checking my armor. When I'm going throughout the day and I see the enemy coming at me, I'm checking my armor. I'm getting my sword. I'm ready to slay the devil. You got to be protected 24-7 or else you're in trouble. So number one, you need to understand the fact that the enemy is looking to attack you at your weakest moment, so be ready. Number two, armor up and never go unprotected. Number three, surround yourself with allies who protect you. Surround yourself with allies who protect you. Probably another way to say this is use your backup. I was thinking about the military. The military's got several different forms of backup. Um, one of my favorite things to watch is when you're watching a, uh, I was watching, I think it was Band of Brothers maybe. And um, uh, they were in trouble. The guys were in total trouble. The enemy was all circled around them, coming in on them. And they call in an airstrike. And when they call in an airstrike, here's your coordinates. I need you to come. They're on there. They're about to get to us. I need you to blow them to smithereens. And what happens? They put that airstrike. They protect themselves. The airstrike comes in. Boom! And it gives them a way out. Now listen to me. Countries have allies. Countries have, right now, 
Israel is not in as big of a war as what it would be in if it did not have allies. Allies have stepped up, the U.S. being one of them, and said it to some of the enemies of Israel, if you attack Israel, just know we're coming at you. Amen? Now listen to me. How does this work in the spiritual? You have allies. First of all, you got God in heaven. You want to call in an airstrike? Ain't nothing more powerful than the God that we serve. Lord, I need some help. You want to send some angels to take out the... the, the. Anybody ever been there? But you don't just have God and his angels at your help. You have an army of believers. It's called the church of Jesus Christ. Here's what the Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter four and verse 12. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. Two can stand back to back and conquer. And three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. I want to try to show you the power of having backup, the power of, of getting attacked by yourself versus getting attacked with backup. I need someone that is okay with hurting me. Rocky, come on, Rocky. Oh my gosh. Rocky, dang, you're bigger than what it looked like from down there. Okay, Rocky, I'm not calling you Balboa and I'm gonna ask you not to knock me smooth out because I gotta finish the message. But, uh, so here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna first show you what it looks like to stand up against Satan where you don't have backup and you're just not paying attention. Sometimes that's our lives. You're not saying alert. You're not paying attention. What, what, what does it look like? What does it look like? So Rocky, hang on. I, I don't have any, ba- let me take my phone out of my pocket. I don't have any backup. Um, I'm going to close my eyes because I'm just not going to pay attention. I'm going to be loose and I want you to uh, attack me, throw me down, whatever it is that you, yeah, go ahead. Okay. I'm ready whenever. Oh, oh. that was good. Oh. I love you. <laughs> Beautiful. Okay, Rocky, wait, 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 wait. Don't move. Don't move. Listen. <laughs> Some of y'all, that's what it looks like when Satan attacks you. So you don't have any backup. Golly, that's the same carpet burn as yesterday. Okay, I, I need help. Canaan, Rylan, come here. Oof. Now you got three pogues on you, homie. <laughs> Y'all, these are, these are my, my sons. They are going to provide some backup. So this time, instead, <laughs> sit down. We ain't starting a fight. This time, what's going to happen is I'm actually, I'm not going to be loose. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tense up. I'm going to be ready for the attack that's coming. I'm going to change my foot stance a little bit. Be ready for the attack that's coming. And I'm asking my boys, can you make sure that I don't hit the ground this time? Okay. All right. Rocky, whenever you get ready, if you could do it again. Okay. 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 Thank you, Rocky. Thank you, sir. Would y'all give it up for Rocky? Y'all don't move. Okay. Now I want you to stay with me. Okay. Because I think this is probably one of the most important parts of this message. We try to do life without backup. You know what the enemy is trying to make you do on a consistent basis? He's trying to make you fall. And if he would not have been my backup, that would have hurt. He's trying to make you fall. You know what he's trying to make you fall into? He's trying to make you fall into sin. 
He's trying to make you fall into depression. He's trying to make you fall into, um, uh, hey, you're walking through life and you see this fine woman coming through the door and you almost fall. But because you got backup, your backup says, no, bro, you ain't doing that. You married. This is my kid. He ain't about to let me do that. Amen. You start walking through life and you start thinking that you're something and pride hits you and you almost, you almost fall, but you don't fall. You know why you don't fall? Because you got backup. Chill out. You, you're getting on some, some, some tough ground. Satan is coming at you. The enemy's coming at you. Everything's coming at you and you're just going to fall. Listen to me. And when you got good backup, you don't hit I want you to notice something. I want you to notice something. Right then, I almost hit the ground. I didn't. I didn't fall. I didn't hit the ground. Satan almost had me down. He actually had me where I was in trouble without them. And because I was using my backup, because I was using my allies, I could get picked back up and I never hit the ground. I never did go after the woman. I never did fall into pride. I never did because I got people that love me, that are looking out for me, that are saying, when Satan comes, would y'all give it up for my sons? You know, I will never in my life understand why Christians have all this backup. They got prayer teams that want to help them have breakthrough, deliverance teams that want to get off of them all of the things that have been attacking them. They got co-workers in Christ, soldiers in Christ that are ready, mentors that want a mentor. And you know what they choose to do? They choose, I'm not going to fall because I'm already hurt. They choose to allow Satan to come. Not that you're Satan, but in this thing and hit them without backup and they hit the stinking ground and they fall and they get defeated. And sometimes they never pick themselves up when if they would have just used the backup that God placed in their lives, they'd have been all right. Would you stand with me this morning? So in order to protect yourself in this war, number one, you have got to understand that the enemy is looking to attack you at your weakest moments and you have to be ready. If you're not, just know it's coming. Number two, armor up and never go unprotected. Every single day, check your armor, fasten it, make sure that you're ready for war. And number three, surround yourself with allies who protect you. You do those things and you will learn how to protect yourself, how to protect your marriage, how to protect your family and how to protect your church. You don't do those things and you can expect to get defeated. Don't be surprised. Defeat is coming. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Obviously the practical way that I'm going to ask you to respond to this message is by taking these pieces that I've given you and beginning to implement them in your lives. But there's also a 
a spiritual way that I want you to respond to this message. Every head bowed, every head closed, altar team. Would you guys step up and come to the front? Holy Spirit, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would begin to speak to us. God, I pray that you would take the word from this morning and you would make it alive right now in us. Holy Spirit, lead us and guide us with what we need from you. Transform us. This morning, with every head bowed and every eye closed. Y'all, it's been a, it's been tough this morning. It's been tough. I feel like that Satan has been very successful at holding us back from receiving what God wants us to receive. And, and I just wanna encourage you and challenge you, if the Lord's moving on your heart, do not allow Satan to be successful this morning in stopping you from getting what you need to get from God. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're in here today and you are not following Christ, you have not joined the army of the Lord. You, 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 you've been away from the Lord and you need to get yourself right with God. If that's you, if I'm talking to you in just a minute, would you get things right with him? In just a minute, when they start playing the, the song, they're gonna lead us in worship. Can you take the time either to come and find someone to pray with you or to come and find a place where you can get alone with God and, and, and tell him, no longer am I just an acknowledger, but now I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a disciple. I'm gonna move forward. As a disciple, if that's you in just a second, listen, if you're here and you feel beat down and you're tired and you're weary, Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy, heavy burdens, and I will give you rest if you need rest today. I believe God wants to supernaturally give you some rest in just a minute. If you're here and you feel like you have not been effective in the army of Christ, or if you hear and you need prayer, you need healing, you need guidance, deliverance, peace, rest, Right now, please do not allow Satan to talk you out of getting what you need. Right now, as we move into this time of worship, if you want to come up and worship or if you want to come up and receive some prayer or whatever from the Lord, step out and come right now. Come on.